is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flex Network. I'm your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. Today, I'm joined, of course, by Brandon Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon D Adam 19. Brandon, what the hell is going on, brother? Doing good, bro. Just ready to pound out these uh, next few couple rounds and these deep sleepers and hash these out because this is kind of this is kind of the part of the draft where you get to kind of live more dangerously. You can kind of just get guys that you kind of want and you kind of want to take shots on. And this is the part of the draft where sometimes you get a home run on Elijah Mitchell, sometimes somebody like that, and you never know. So this is cool. This is the fun part. Yeah, dude, this is the fun, the fun part of the draft. So for those who didn't join us last week, um, what we did was we did a round or two rounds or the first two rounds, I should say, uh, mock draft dynasty, of course, it was myself, you, and and Mike were on the show. Mike obviously is not with us today. Whenever I say that, it sounds bad. Mike is doing a family obligations today. I guess it's his <laughs> daughter's birthday, so he's getting the backyard yeah. all set up. And dude, when you were a kid, was there anything greater than having like a bouncy castle or going to one of those bouncy castle houses? Like they, they those yeah. were fantastic, dude. Absolutely. That I was just the maniac just doing flips all over the place in that thing, just <laughs> jumping off the walls. Yeah, I was definitely a maniac and had a lot of fun in those things as a kid for sure. Even I nowadays, see. like even now, because I because I, I, I did lose my legs. And so yeah. like whenever I go to these parties, I, I jump in there because I'm small. So it's fun. Like like I could hang out with the kids in there and have a good time. So it's a pretty good time. That's fantastic. What's going on, Clifford yeah. Jesus? Yeah, the clown prince, he is he's not with us today. He his daughter's birthday. She's having a birthday yep. party today, so he's away. He's doing real life responsibilities, which I respect. That I respect that. I mean, I respect totally. you, Brendan, for being here for for you know <laughs> following through on your commitments. But that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. no. we'll, we'll, oh, we'll allow it once in a while. I'm just we'll allow it. Go um, ahead. So okay, so um, I don't know if you I'm, actually I'm sure you do, but so Alan Zaslowski, of course, over at Rotowire now, um, he had a gentleman nathan mcnamara from the football guys on his show this week and for those of you who who don't know nathan or don't go listen to that rotowire show go go check it out um i never heard nathan before but after i listened to him on the show i went and i listened to one of his podcasts and i gotta say man i was pretty impressed so football guys oh. you probably you got you probably all know sigmund bloom right um of course sig now this is I, I guess another show as part of their network and um Something really interesting that he said is that a lot of fantasy gamers will draft for opportunity early, and then later mm-hmm. on in your rookie drafts, they'll draft for talent. And he suggested yep. it should be uh, backwards, right? So early on, rounds one and two, that's where you want to draft for talent. I mean, look no further than DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. You know, if you faded those guys because of the opportunity, mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you were sad about it, right? The same mm-hmm. thing this year. I mean, like Jahan Dotson, you're drafting that guy for talent. You know, somebody might have a better situation, like John sure. Mechie even, for example. But you, you're going to go John Dotson over that, right? Um, you can all, all argue George Pickens, same thing. So needless to say, I think Brandon, you and I have always been – we're drafting a player, right? We've made that mistake in the past. Mm-hmm. We don't do that anymore. We learn from our mistakes. We drafted a player because things change quick in the NFL. Look no further yep. than this offseason. Things change quick, okay? However, we are in what I like to call – the fun rounds, rounds three, four, <laughs> five. This is the one where you swing for the fences. Uh, if you have a player that you like that got crappy draft capital, but also might be in a good situation, this is the time you actually absolutely going to do that. Okay. So, with that, Brandon, are you ready? Actually, yes. hold on a second. Let's get the people. Just recap, the recap people. the sec. Yeah, recap the second round, and we'll start yeah. off. Okay. So the round round one was pretty chalky. Round two, it went James Cook. David Bell, Malik Willis, all fantastic picks. You went David Bell too. I love it. You know, I, I said this on the show last week. The only thing that I don't like about David Bell so far in Dynasty Rookie Drafts is the fact that I have zero shares of him. Right. So that's why I took him because I knew Mike was going to scoop him up. But I didn't think I was going to be able to get him back because I seriously, I've only gotten one share of David Bell. And that's because he dropped in a real home league. Like nobody had a clue who this kid was. And, it was just funny, like just watching him drop further and further and further. I'm like, what in the world? But when you draft with sharper people, he goes way higher than normal. So it's interesting. 
He was still around three pick, which is day two. I mean, exactly. The problem He's is perfect. The combine, right? People watch the combine, and then guys like Tyquan Thorn get around to draft capital. I want to kill myself as a Patriots fan, but we move on. Yeah. Uh, after that, it, <laughs> after that, it went Desmond Ritter, Rashad White, John Mechie, then Trey McBride, Zamir White, TDP, Tyrion Davis, Price, and then it went Wandell Robinson, Jalen Tolbert. Um, yeah. So today we're going to be doing rounds three to start with. We'll take we'll take turns. Uh, you, you'll start it off start us off, Brandon. But some of the players that I'm looking at that did not go that typically you see going in round two. Alan Pierce hasn't gone. Yep. Isaiah Spiller hasn't gone. Brian Robinson, to name a few. And then the aforementioned Tyquan Thornton. He's still sitting there around. You know, I have him ranked right around that three four turn. But you know, uh, spoiler alert, disclo- full disclosure. Like I was on the clock at like pick four point three. And I took um, Khalil Shakir over him. So of course you will. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. It, there you go. Uh, guys like Pierre Strong that we were talking about this morning, Jerome Ford, yep. Tyler Algier, Hassan Haskins. There's a ton of high upside lottery ticket type running backs here that we're going to go. So with that, Randon, let's see our round three, four, five rookie mock draft. <laughs> All right, brother. You were officially on the clock at pick 3.125 overall. What you got? So it's in between two players for me, but I'm going to go with draft cap and just straight talent. I'm going Alec Pierce um, at 3-1, and I think he is going to have a very nice opportunity in Indianapolis. I think uh, with Matt Ryan, the addition of Matt Ryan, that that offense is just going to open right up, and they're going to be able to deal out the – the ball to all sorts of different targets. And I think Alec Pierce was drafted for a purpose. He's been dominating um, camps. He's been, he, he went out with dehydration, which is, seems like the new, new normal for rookies. <laughs> these, these time Burks did the same thing with dehydration and allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, sometimes these kids just coming out of not playing football. They've been just doing meetings and flying. They aren't ready to play football right away um, for their bodies. But, uh, but he is a monster um, I'm, I'm all in on that six foot three monster and maybe he can turn into somebody like a Jordy Nelson for the Colts. That'd be pretty good. I mean, look, Michael Pittman is, I, I think he's tragically underrated for how good yes, he is. actually is because he was mm-hmm. on the Colts because he was playing with Carson Wentz as, as a quarterback, but yeah. Matt Ryan's good. And he, we know that he can support multiple wide receivers. So Alec Pierce going there. I mean, Paris Campbell is apparently hundred percent healthy, but, I mean, what's that going to last two games? So Alex, I'm not, I'm out. Yeah. Well, see, so this is what's kind of interesting. Okay. So what, what role do you think Alec Pierce is going to play? Cause if Michael Pittman's going to play the ax, do you think that Alec Pierce would play like the big slot? Or like, what do you, what do you foresee? He will be what do you big slot. I think, I think they're going to rotate him all over the place, to be honest. I think he can do big, big, be the big slot. I think he can play outside as well. Um, and I think he's going to be singled up because everybody's going to be focused on Michael Pittman quite a bit and also stopping the run with JT. So he's going to have a lot of single coverage uh, at the Z and Y position as well. So I think he can, I think he is is a movable piece. I think he's going to do quite well. And I think in the red zone, he is going to be targeted more often than you think because of that single coverage. Yeah, he only had eight touchdowns last year playing for Cincinnati, but he mm-hmm. did have a 21.25% target share. He was clearly Desmond yeah. Ritter's favorite guy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the draft capital speaks for itself. Personally, again, Shane Seeley wouldn't have drafted Alec Pierce in round two, but, hey, man, the NFL is probably a little smarter than I am. So, love yeah. that. <clears throat> excuse me, love that pick. I feel like we need to get a little bit crazy right now because at oh. this point in the draft, this is where I like to pick, go upside running back. And <clears throat> excuse me, for me, it's really between two players at the top here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Spiller going to Los Angeles Chargers. You know, Austin Eckler himself said that they needed to, they needed the guy to spell him. Right? Problem is mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller. I don't love his draft. His he didn't have a good combine and we do know that athleticism is a major contributor to success for running backs. Okay. So I'm sure. going to let it get, look, put your earmuffs on Brandon. I'm going to go a little bit more crazy. I'm going to choose Brian Robinson who was drafted Ooh. by the Washington commanders. Yeah. Wow. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Here's the thing. Okay. The reason I'm choosing Brian Robinson is because we know that the commanders hate using Antonio Gibson, for whatever reason, mm. 
He's got the uber athleticism, but no, I mean, you don't go and you don't draft Brian Robinson around three unless you have a plan to use him. Now, obviously, we know JD McKissick has been well documented on the show, went back to the commanders last minute. He pulled from the Buffalo Bills. We talked about that in depth, Brandon. And look, the problem is, is that he actually did test pretty decent at the combine. And so, yeah, based on that, based on the fact he's from Alabama, you know, he's got a bit of a pedigree. Uh, I'm, I'm just going upside here. Brian Robinson, who you got, brother? It's on to you. That's that's okay. That's okay with me. I'll take Tyler Algier right here um, at 3-3. Three, three. Okay. And, and he is got – this is the guy that has the best opportunity to actually do something for these uh, back-end RBs. Um, he There is nobody else besides Damian Williams in the backfield with Cordell Patterson. Like I've been saying all offseason, I think Cordell Patterson is going to start moving away. He's older, man. And he was starting to break down playing that RB role so heavily. So I think they're going to bring in uh, a Tyler Algier to be that three down back that can spell be the starter. And like I've been saying, he is James Connor, man. This guy is James Connor. Mm. He had 270 something attempts for 1600 yards his last year, 23 touchdowns. Um, he had here, I got him right here. He had a. Uh, he had 199 receiving yards on 20, 28 catches and 40 or 39 targets. Um, he's still 20, uh, 22 years old. Uh, he only played the position one year, really, like one, two, two complete years, and he did quite well. I still think he's learning as he goes. He was a linebacker, and I think the athleticism is there. He's he's more athletic than uh, Isaiah Spiller. By far, yeah. according to the metrics, um, <laughs> that's why Isaiah Spiller isn't the guy right here. I think he, I think Tyler Algier has a higher upside and the better opportunity to succeed early. Yeah. So last year, playing for BYU, he had 1,601 rush yards, which was third yeah. in the NCAA. And he was yeah. tied for first with 23 touchdowns, like 23 yeah. touchdowns. I don't care if he's playing for BYU, like that's an impressive feat. And yes. the fact that really, I mean, that you look at that depth chart, this, I mean, you, you said it like he doesn't really have to beat out anybody. And they've even talked about it already. Cordero Patterson could be playing more as a wide receiver because frankly, yep. they don't have any wide receivers. Right. So nope. I think that's a fantastic pick. I, I really like that pick, which makes you think at this point, I mean, okay. So I like to, you know, peel back the onion. So it's Isaiah Spiller here, Pierre Strong, who we all believe the Patriots drafted to really be that, that Kevin Falk, James White type utility knife, because he's just, he's so, so uber athletic, a guy that Mike, and we all agree on of saying that we're too low on. We're like, wait a minute, Mike, we have like a ton of shares of this guy, but Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati mm-hmm. playing for the Cleveland Browns. He could have starting opportunities early as next year. Now here's the risk. Here's the risk with Jerome Ford. Okay. Actually, honestly, any of these running backs, whether it be Isaiah Spiller, Jerome Ford, uh, Pierre Strong, Tyler Algier, Based on the draft capital, these guys are for the most part round four and five running backs. Yeah, they could easily be replaced next year. If they don't show something this year, then they could easily be replaced. Okay. So then you say, well, okay, what is the possibility that they could show something this year? It's got to be because of an injury, right? Well, look, Kareem Hunt, they could easily cut him this year. It's very possible. Could 100%, dude. Yeah. Plus, plus these guys like to get injured, right? We know Kareem Hunt likes to get injured. And Nick Chubb is a stud, but he does also get injured. So, I, yeah, man, I think I got to go Jerome Ford here. Cincinnati playing for Cleveland Browns and uh, giddy up with Jerome Ford. What do you think about Jerome? Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. I, I've been say, I just said it on uh, Twitter. I just uh, – I was talking to a, a follower of ours, and he, he pointed out that uh, Jerome Ford was with the Browns, and I pointed out the fact that – Cream Hunt could be cut and traded right now to save six million yeah. in their cap right now if they if there's somebody out there that they want to p- go get, um, and they're deep. At, they have Dearness Johnson as well, and mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, and now Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford w- was a damn good player at since in Cincinnati, and we thought he would go higher in the draft to be honest, um, but he was a steal where they got him, and um, that that's a damn good RB. Room. And like I said, if Hunt for some reason either goes down or gets traded because they realize that Ford is good enough in training camp and they don't have to pay Hunt, they can let him go. And I, I can totally see that happening. And 
he will, I think Ford would immediately step in to be the backup to Chubb right away if Hunt was ever traded or cut or injured. Yeah, and so here's the thing. Like, so he was at the senior bowl, but he left early, I think, for the birth of his child. So we'll give him a pass yes. on that one. In yeah. college, he had a 30.3% college dominator rating. And again, like that, that is elite. Again, college yes. dominators just percentage of it for running back of rush yards and rushing touchdowns, 30.3%, which is fantastic. College yep. dominator percentage is a 68th percentile. So it's it's that's well above acceptable. And again, we're just going for upside at this point. And Cleveland, even with Deshaun Watson, assuming he's there for the whole season, they like to run the ball. I don't think you're going to change that. That's part of their DNA. And hundred uh, percent, Jerome Ford there. So, all right, brother, we got. I think the next one is, dude. All these. This is where you take the home run RBs. Like mm-hmm. this is where you take your shots. And I think Kentani Ingram is that guy behind Yonke. James Conner. I think he is going to step – he is the guy that can handle workload, not Eno Benjamin. Um, I think he'll beat out Eno Benjamin quite easily, to be honest. Um, Ingram was damn good at SCE. He played well. He's a good-sized back, 220-pound back. He's got okay speed. Um, but it's just about opportunity. And if that starter goes down, you can have yourself an instant starter that's coming off your taxi squad – and be able to implement them right away. Um, I think he's going to have a role anyways because there is no RBs there anymore. Um, it's just mm-hmm. James Conner, and I think Ingram can be that guy, and that's why I'm taking Ingram. Yeah, so Keontae, he is, like you said, he's six foot, 221 pounds. He's still yeah. around a 4.5340, which that's, is a, that's great. a 79th percentile speed score. Yeah, so he's that's quick great. as hell. Yeah, fantastic. I, I feel like... You know, as as we were starting to percolate, a lot of people have been actually participating in these real rookie drafts. Keontae Ingram has been moving up a lot of people's boards, and mm-hmm. that includes us, man. We're we're definitely high on Keontae Ingram. All right, brother. Going back now, so this is a nice little spot where I'm still looking at again. Isaiah Spiller is still on the board. Pierre Strong is still on the board. The reason that I might not lean Pierre Strong here is just because there's about eight thousand running backs. Uh, JJ Taylor still on, on the Patriots. Uh, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, ever heard of him? And then, of course, they they went and they also drafted Kevin Harris. So they've got a, quite a bit of running backs there. The one guy that I feel like I still I, I, I need to take a stab on this guy, okay? Because we liked him pre-draft. I, he's a little bit small, but he does have like the Darnell Mooney sides. Is Wondell Robinson? And yep. I, I'm gonna go one. Oh no, actually, never mind. I already took Wondell one. was taken. I took him last pick. Wondell. There you go. One, <laughs> screw it then. All right. I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller then. That makes my life easier. Yep. This is what happens way easier. When, you're, when you're trying to multitask. All right. Isaiah Spiller, LA Chargers. He was good in college. Okay. So, you know, if you if you didn't ever look at any of the analytics, watch him in college. He looks good. He's pretty darn good at catching the ball. And then he goes and pretty, pretty much falls flat in his face in all of his testing. Now, he didn't do well in the combine. He also didn't do well at his pro day. Trashman over at uh, Roster Watch is convinced he was running hurt. And so uh, I don't know if I buy it. I probably don't buy nope. it. But again, we know LA likes to do what they do. It's really an injury away from being a starter. And when you t- talk about an opportunity to get a piece of that LA Chargers, just super offense, give me that all day. I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller. That's all awesome. Right, you got. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. With I mean, if Austin Eckler goes down, and, and I think Spiller could fill in for a few, few games and be the starter if need be. I think he could do that. I just don't think he could be the guy for the long term. But I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right on there. Okay, so this is where I get to take my guys. I I, I love it that we get to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm going to take Jelani Woods, man. Jelani Woods is the freakiest prospect in this whole draft he rate his his uh raz score was number one out of two thousand prospects that have come in as a tight end he is number one like he is the mm-hmm. most freaky athlete there is um I, he was an ex-quarterback at, at virginia and he knows how to play the game a little bit i think i love the, that extra aspect of him as a tight end because a lot of tight ends come like logan thomas he came in and was able to produce was an ex-quarterback came in and transferred into a tight end in the nfl and uh so i think that is a guy that 
shows some, it's possible. And Jelani mm-hmm. Woods being a monster of a man. When when I was listening to uh, Chris Baller talk about him, um, he was astonished how big he was in person. Like this guy, he's, sta- so he's LeBron James, he's, dude. Like yeah, he's, he's he's like Brandon. He's six ahead. foot seven. Yeah, two hundred fifty-two pounds. Okay, six foot seven, two hundred fifty-two pounds. You want to know what he ran for the forty-yard dash? He ran a four point six one, which is a ninety-fourth percentile for his size. Thank you. He ran a six point nine five three-cone drill. We talk about yes. for wide receivers. You want a seven? Anything under seven is considered good. He ran a six point nine five at six foot seven, two hundred fifty-two pounds. He was also Dude. the second tight end drafted off the board to the Indianapolis Colts. He's a little yep. bit older, which we actually like for the tight end. He's twenty like and a half. He'll probably, he'll be twenty four by the time the season starts. I I, I don't hate it, man. Uh, Jelani Woods is somebody that I've, I keep targeting in my drafts. And I just haven't had opportunity to really. Oh, what? Maybe I missed this foot. But how do I put my foot in my mouth? I, I typically do it all the time. So <laughs> about it's about Wandell because Wandell was drafted. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's small. You didn't see him. That's all. That's right. You know, I can I can <laughs> see over, see over the body. Quite see over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So but yeah, Jelani you'll see Jelani Woods. That's my guy. I think. Yeah. I I I've, I've been I've been stashing him in as many places as I can. Um, mm-hmm. the Moali Cox is the only one that's in that uh in that room that shows any kind of competition. Um, Chris Ballard said that if this guy performs. We're going to be able to, you know, like we're going to be very comfortable with him on the on the field as a rookie, um, and just everything that they've been saying about him, they like him. So uh, I'm excited for his opportunity. Yeah. So like the only tight end that I think can actually have year one instant production in this class is Trey McBride. Yeah. Um, Greg Dulcich, who we'll probably get to not this round but next round. I like Greg Dulcich. He was a great natural pass catcher. Very good player. Um, yeah. But he went to Denver, and we know Albert O is there. Albert O's got a few years in the system. Russ doesn't typically throw towards the tight end, but maybe that's just because he hasn't really had a he tight end. He will a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He had Jimmy Graham for a little while. Uh, right, but you know, Jimmy Graham was. I'd say the son. Zach Miller. Career, but... People forget about Zach Miller up in Seattle years when Zach yeah. Miller. When, when we won the championship in when I say we um, when the Seattle Seahawks won the championship. Um, yeah. Zach Miller was a major part of that team and people don't realize his, his ability to run block and be able to, uh, pass catch and not have to come off the field ever was mm-hmm. a huge, huge help in that offense. Um, go look at the tape. Zach Miller is laying people out in the blocking and catching some ridiculous third down passes. So he was a big part of that, but, uh, not as big as Jimmy Graham. His target share was huge. Yeah. It was bigger there, but yeah, Albert. O. I, I, Greg Dulcich, I, it would not surprise me if Greg Dulcich by week six or seven ended up out snapping him for uh, pass catching duties. I could totally see that. I agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Um, all right. So lots of checks. We're still doing a super flex and mm-hmm. Matt Corral is still on the board. So I would be there. He is. I didn't go Matt Corral right here. He's of course from Ole Miss. He didn't have a great season last year, but that's because he didn't really have a lot of his receivers. Um, he went to the Carolina Panthers. Now, just of course, uh, over the newswire just yesterday, we saw that the Carolina Panthers were still maybe sort of considering Jimmy Garoppolo. So it puts a little pause, right? I mean, like to be honest with you, I don't know why they wouldn't try to go with Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. What do you what do you think that the Niners are going to ask for Jimmy G? Like realistically, do you so, really think you're going to ask for more than a fourth? So I believe, uh, so there was a, uh, I was just watching Pat McAfee and he was talking about a beat reporter. I forget which one, not Mike something, um, okay. where they said, he said that he's got the story that if Jimmy, if there is no trade, that's going to be able to happen for Jimmy, that G- Jimmy is going to request his release. Um, that was a possible, he might request his release because he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. Um, and so we'll see if that happens. That means if, if there's word on the street that Jimmy might do that through the agents and the back back channeling that the NFL has, then they, they could ju- teams could just be waiting out the Niners and be like, you got to trade him, man. You're going to trade him or you got to release him. He wants out. He doesn't want to play there. And that could happen. So I, 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 you never know, but Carolina has to get somebody in there. I think they. I think either it's Baker or it's Jimmy. Somebody's going there. I don't know who, but somebody will. 
But Matt Corral, he, I mean, as of right now, he has the opportunity to be the guy. But um, we'll see. I mean, Mike Dickinson likes the landing spot for Matt Corral a lot. Uh, the college offense, the college coach, um, the high RPO with C- CMC and uh, DJ Moore, they, I think they would be really good in that kind of offense. So we'll see. I mean, Matt Corral could be the guy, but I don't mind taking a shot on in a super flex. I'll take him all day right here um for sure yeah so in in general this quarterback class was a little bit shorter uh kind of pick a 6-3 desmond ritter 6-3 matt Krell 6-2 uh malik willis is 6-1 bailey zappy 6-1 so sam howell 6-1 yeah. so in general it's a shorter quarterback class but six foot two, we don't mind that um i liked matt Krell as a prospect uh you did you know yeah i did i didn't mind board. him yeah yeah, uh, he slipped slowly down my board. I, I feel like he was kind of one of those out of sight, out of mind situations, right? Because he did get hurt uh, in the college football playoffs, and he made his way back, but he just he wasn't in the conversation, right? But, you know, you, you close your eyes. I think Macarell literally does have the opportunity to be the best quarterback in this class. Now, it might it's not possible. be saying a lot, but in yeah. a year or two, he could certainly be the most relevant, uh, both for fantasy and for real-life football. I feel you know, mm-hmm. he's... I, we use this comp a lot, but I feel like he's a, like a Derek Carr type player, right? Where you know Told maybe you, he can't yeah. win games for you, but he can certainly play well. He can probably be a game manager. Um, maybe he'll have seasons where he overproduces what you think above our expectations. But Matt Corral, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a late third round pick. You know, it's like you can't can't beat past that. But at this stage of the draft, you know, as of right now, as of today, we're recording this on May twenty first. He is in line potentially to be the starter day one. Yep. He has an opportunity. Yep. So you got to take it. You got to take it. All right, brother. On to you. All right. I'm going to take uh, this is another shot across the bow at an aging player that is a sneaky backup to him and could break out and be a lottery ticket. And that's Hassan Haskins um, on the t- uh, Tennessee Titans. Nice. If okay. Derrick Henry does struggle and have injury issues going into the because of his high volume uh, and he's aging out a little bit. Um, this guy's a six foot two, 230 pound banger. Um, he had 270 rush attempts for 1300 yards in, in Michigan for 20 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns um, had, uh, had 18 receptions for 131 yards um, on 22 targets. So he's not exactly, he's just like Derek, you know, like kind of high rush guy, um it's just i just like the situation he is the only guy behind derrick henry that i think is viable for us being a starter if that does end up happening um yeah i think that's a i think that's a a guy i've been targeting quite a bit especially in this area of the draft yeah i mean i like hassan haskins again you you go back to the measurables and he didn't really test unfortunately so you know he didn't really get a good uh gauge of that of it of his athleticism, but as you noted, 228 pounds, six foot two. He's he'll be probably close to 23 by the time the season rolls around. So yep. again, he's another one of these older running backs. That's kind of the theme of this class. But yep. you know, the Tennessee Titans, they like to run the damn ball. When even when Derrick Henry got hurt last year, they still continue to try to run the ball. So Hassan Haskins, again, injury away. And Derrick Henry, man, like, yes, he might not have the same wear and tear for a quarterback. His, or for a running back, excuse me, his age, but he is getting up there. We saw it last year, and man, let me tell you, Brandon. Okay, let me just peel, peel back the onion. Okay, so I'm 36. I'm getting up there, right? My body does not recover like it used to. I was painting on the weekend. Okay, just painting <laughs> around the house, doing a deck. Okay, Monday, I'm running. About 20 minutes into my run, I got to pull up. I tweaked my freaking calf. Okay, it's now a week later. My calf is still sore. I retweeted it the other day. Like, shit takes longer to heal, okay? Yeah. That's why, Derek, you ain't no spring chicken no more. So go on oh. and get in a guy like Hassan Haskins. Uh, this is a guy that Al's been super high on as well. And with you, Al being high on Hassan, like, count me in, baby. I'm on board. I'm on board. For there you me. go. A little bit of Hassan Haskins, baby. Um, yeah, I'm okay. in. Uh, so peeling back the engine again. Okay, so we got Sam Howell still on the board a little bit early yep. for him. He's a fifth round pick, five hundred one to the to the Washington Commanders. I really don't see him as being a starting quarterback. He I, he's got backup written all over him. Okay, I think he's a decent backup, but he's definitely a backup. Um, but he's got behind Carson Wentz, so he might have a shot. You never know. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State, of course, he went five hundred five to the Buffalo Bills. Jameson Crowder is there. I mean, Khalil Shakir is going to be the slot. So this year, might not have a a really clear opportunity to get a lot of touches in this year. However, one thing that has been extremely disappointing about Jameson Crowder is when he's when he was on the field, man. I had Stunt. Jameson Crowder in my lineups. The problem is he got hurt way too All the time. often. And it was one of those situations where he would get hurt in like the, the you know like four minutes into the first quarter. So he'd give you like like the week before he would go eight for eighty, and you're hoping he gets in the box. Solid floor for your flex wide receiver three. Next week, tweaks his ankle, big two burger. So that, that gets killer. But what does that create? That creates opportunity, Brandon Diadam. So I'm gonna go Khalil Shakir right now. Another guy that okay. I liked. Um, yeah, can't go wrong with Khalil. Yeah. I like it, dude. He his film is fun. I like his film. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he's a good player. He's bigger than you think he is. Um, I, I like him. I like I like that pick. So I'm gonna take my shot right here. I'm gonna go Justine Ross, Justin the undrafted Ross. free agent right. Right. of the Chiefs, all because of medical. Nothing to do about his football. Nothing to do with that has everything to do with about his risk as a player for a contract. I am drafting talent and upside here and on a team that is looking for wide receivers to do things. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if we would have drafted, if we were in the Debbie, we would, if, if we would have drafted earlier, Justin Ross a- after his freshman year would have been a top five pick out of that mm-hmm. class. Um, this guy has been a producing six foot four, just, 210 pound guy, arm length 32 and an eighth, 22 years old, out of Clemson. Um, it, it's just all about look at this freshman year right here 14 games, 40, 40, 46 catches on 75 catch, uh, targets, 1,000 yards, uh, 14.8 target share with an 80% catch rate. Um, that's pretty good. And then he just had, you know, just health issues. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I just feel like, he, I don't know why they just didn't draft him in like the fifth, sixth round. I would just to own his rights because this guy has talent. I mean, he could be a, a Michael Thomas type of guy. Um, it or if he got the opportunity, I just I, I like his route running. I think he's pretty damn good. We'll we'll see we'll see what he he can do. Um, but I, I I like I like taking a shot on him because I I just want to get spicy right now. Okay, so you just picked it like basically, well, the 11th pick in round three. This is where you want to get spicy. This is where you want to yep. go, and you, you, this is where you take your big swings because <laughs> the chance, the probability of him actually breaking out is probably going to be what 20, 25% at best. And when I say break yeah. out, it means Less. probably a wide receiver three on your team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got to take the swings here. The reason that he fell is because, yes, he had the amazing um, early career production. The problem is he, he sucked later. He sucked. Yeah. Like he's like lack of a better. He I, has not played well, right? And yeah. he he had the the neck the devastating neck injury that, for all intents and purposes, could have ended his career. Then he was yeah. uh, dealing with some leg issues last year. He just hasn't done anything, right? And so mm-hmm. you want to get the name. He's got the brand equity. You know, play for Clemson, and Clemson. you go for it. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. Um, there's a few guys I probably would have taken ahead of him, but here's the thing, Brandon at three eleven. I'm totally fine with it, dude. I, I like I, that's what people got to understand. Like, if you got guys that yeah. you like, this is the part of the draft where you can just yes. do it, man. Like, just go ahead and draft the guys that you want that you think jump out on tape or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, you can everybody on at this point, you can make an excuse for in any shape, way, or form if you like them. Like, it's just what it is. <laughs> there you go. Clipboard Jesus has 100% exposure to Kate Otten. Uh, he he may you know he he'll be an honorable mention a little bit later clip but probably not going in in round three or four for us. No. Um, so the thing about Justin Ross, Brandon, I've legit seen him in real drafts go around a two three turn. Like that, to yeah. me, that's too damn early. That's too that's too high. Early. Okay, I waited. I waited here. I was gonna wait till the fourth round, but I was like, no, he's gonna be sly and he's gonna take him. I was like, you're yeah. gonna take him. I just wanted him. Like so, it was either that or I was gonna take Sam Howell, which was a boring ass pick, but. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a pick that isn't boring ass. Uh, he's a player that we already talked about on the board. Pierre Strong, man. South Dakota State going, he went in round four to the Patriots. Again, I am 100% convinced. I think we all are. I mean, this is, this is, 
this is not crazy to say this, but he's going to be the James White replacement. Like James White just came off a pretty devastating hip injury and he's not young. I was 30, 31 years old, which can we just show some respect to James White and what an amazing career he's had the last couple of seasons. He's had the injuries, but man, James mm-hmm. White as a Patriots fan, we, we salute you dear friend. However, I think there's going to be a change in the guard. Pierre Strong is everything a quarterback can love. So let me just pull up the stats real quick here, okay? So Pierre Strong at the combine ran a 4.37 40-yard dash. That's 113.5 speed score, which is a 94th percentile. We like that, okay? Jesus. He's 207 pounds, 5 foot 11. So he's not huge, but, you know, 2.5 to 2.10, that's pretty much what you want in your scat backs. And then you bake into the fact that he really does. I mean, look, again, they have J.J. Taylor there, which I like J.J. Taylor, but he didn't really do anything. And he's like, you talk about small. He's like my size, dude. He's like a jacked up Shane, which I'm not a big dude. So <laughs> give him credit there. And Pierre Strong's pretty good at catching the ball. So I like his chance to go in there and contribute probably on special teams to start, but he's going to be in the game. And, man, if, if, he, if he shows well, typically Bill Belichick isn't afraid to redshirt rookies. But Pierre Strong, if he shows that he's got the ability to pass protect, because that's where he's going to be playing is on third downs, he can be electric with the ball in his hands. Like, to me, Pierre Strong reminds me a lot of Kenny Wongwu of the Minnesota Vikings. Kenny, look, he didn't really do much last year, but on special teams, I believe he had a couple, uh, at least at least one, um, with either a punt return or kick return for a touchdown. Freaking explosive as hell. That's the kind of player that Pierre Strong is. So if he can go perform on special teams, just start. Be active on game day. I love it. Look, hmm. hey, picking a Patriot at this stage of the, in, of the draft, there's nothing wrong Never. with that clipboard, Jesus. So get off my back, brother. All right. <laughs> what you got? What you got All right, because it's a super flex. It's a super flex. So I'm just going to take yeah. Sam Howell here so he's just off yeah, the board right. and we don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, he's just a back. He's a backup, but he can maybe if Carson Wentz is just completely atrocious, they – yank him and uh they throw in the kid just to see what he's got he's a big arm mobile quarterback um i you know before this before the draft people were talking you know like people had there were some clicks out there that liked him quite a bit um he's six six foot one 218 pounds uh went 501 um you know i don't know he's just an undersized guy he's just a backup super flex you just take quarterbacks at this point yeah, dude. I mean, look, the reality is like he's probably not a starter. He's a little bit small for a starter, yeah. unless you're you've got elite abilities like like running. He's like a small uh, Josh Allen. That's how we comped him, right? He's like Josh yeah. Allen Jr. He, he, he reminds me of Baker Mayfield, except Baker Mayfield is a better passer of the ball than Sam Howell. So by far. Yeah, you, you you can't you can't fault that. I think that's a perfect pick. Now, this is where it gets tough. Okay. Do I going to go with a little jitterbug like Calvin Austin? Do I want to go pull the trigger on Greg Dulcich? Do I want to take a shot on like Kyron Williams? This is a good place. Like, so for Kyron Williams, people, yep. This was a player that pre-combine people absolutely loved. Another player that went and like he almost had like a historical bad combine, Kyron Williams. Really bad. Yeah, like 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 historically bad. The yeah. thing is. Last year in college at Notre Dame, he caught 42 receptions for 309 yeah. yards, which was a 10.8% target share. Okay. Big. The year before that, he had 35 receptions for 313 yards, which was a 13.3% target share. We talk about target share that we want. We want like 78% to say, okay, this guy's going to be a competent pass catcher. 13%, 10%, like that's that's elite. He also had 17 total touchdowns. So for what all that he wasn't at the combine, on tape for all you tape watchers out there, he looked fantastic. So at this stage of the draft, again, I'm just going to go for upside for just in case Kyron Williams is actually a thing. And here's okay. the thing: one of the Rams, yeah, they don't have Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson's hurt all the time. Cam Makers, like I still believe in Cam Makers. People who are giving him hard time for Crazy. not looking like himself last year when he Crazy. came back from a bloody Achilles injury at like a, in a historic, Early. historic rate, like. Guys, get off the guy's back, man. He still looked yeah. okay. He he looked better yeah. than Sony Michelle. So get out of here with that. But I'm still going to take Kyron Williams. Uh, I, I feel like at this point in the draft, the, the value is there, and I'm going to go for it. So yeah, I hear you on that. The there's a lot yeah. of vacated. There's a lot of vacated rushes that Sony handled last year, and 
somebody's got to fill it. I think it's going to, you know, I, I do believe in Cam Akers as well. I think that's a, I think he's going to be a monster um, in that offense. And I'm, I'm excited for that. But the next pick for me, I'm going to go with that guy. You, you just talked, said uh, Greg Dolchich. I like him. Um, Dolchich, yeah. He's six foot four, 243 pound tight end. He was a wide receiver, but he ate himself out of position most likely and just, got too big and too strong but he's still for he he catches the ball extremely natural like yes. he yes. he is he can do that and he can still break away and just muscle up on some safeties and uh i think he can play very well and all he's got is albert o in front of him i know there's this big Al, albert o click on twitter and they mm -hmm. they believe he's the next coming of the you know a big tight end but it kind of reminds me of like johnny smith kind of hype that Got mm -hmm. people. Got, people got caught up in um, that I got caught up in because of the because of the athleticism that he had. But I just feel that they they drafted Greg Dolchich because he honestly catching the football. He was probably second One of the best ones, yeah. in, in the class. I think honestly he was. It's just he wasn't as athletic as uh, a Jelani Woods or whatever. But I think he has a great opportunity here for the Denver Broncos, and this is. You know, it makes sense. I like him a lot. Um, I think he can do that, and I think I think he, he has some very uh, he had he has trademark plays um, in his film at UCLA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Greg Dulcich last year, forty-two receptions for seven hundred twenty-five yards, which yep. was a sixteen point five percent target share. So it's not huge. I mean, you want fifteen no. to twenty. That's it's it's acceptable. And like we already, I know Trey McBride's already drafted. Trey McBride had ninety receptions. For 1,121 yep. yards, like 34% target. That's just insane. I mean, yeah. my God, my God. Um, okay, so going back to my list here. Uh, man, okay, so I would say at this point in the draft, I, I have to. Like, I'm staring at Tyquan Thornton, and maybe there's something that Bill Belichick knows that we don't know. I know he's fast. He's probably not going to be relevant. But if I'm choosing between Tyquan Thornton, who had round two draft capital, versus Calvin Austin, who had round four draft capital, I'm going to take Tyquan Thornton here. I don't love it, but again, round four in your drafts, you're going for upside. And maybe there's a possibility that Tyquan Thornton is actually going to be better than we think he is. So I'm going to go with Tyquan. He was, he, I mean, he was the fastest runner in, in the 40. At zero correlation to success at the NFL, but uh, the Patriots drafted him there, and he's going to be the Nelson Aguilar replacement. So, if you can get, I don't know, flex value out of him on you know later in the season, then I'm okay with that. On to you, brother. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco here. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah. I, like I just that. think he he's a he's got one of the best uh, prospect speed speed score. He's fast. He's on a team that. I don't know, like has some question marks at the position with RB mm -hmm. um, with Clyde Edwards Hilaire having his struggles. Um, but there's some news. I was just listening to an interview he just had this morning um, that he said before last year uh, he had gallbladder surgery and he literally dropped weight all the way down to the one sixties um, and recover wow. for that. And he didn't run or do anything football related or athletic related until OTAs mm -hmm. from, from the Super Bowl. Wow. So I don't know. And he was talking about having this being his first real offseason of being able to train like an NFL running back. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe he does something here, but in the off chance he doesn't, you never know. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, he's just a freaky athlete that um, – might have an opportunity. I mean, I'm going to take a shot here. Why not? And in yeah, in yeah. my in uh for this is for Mike. This is a Mike pick. <laughs> Mike pick, yeah. Mike was pretty high on Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, so the thing about Pacheco is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think historically we know that they like to have their workhorse, right? But they they haven't really had their their three down back workhorse on the team. They don't have that guy on the team right now. Clyde edwards helaire for all the draft capital that he got, he just. He hasn't been that guy. He hasn't been healthy, mm -hmm. and he hasn't performed when he's been on the field. So guys like Daryl Williams come in, and Damian Williams come in, and they make instant fantasy gold, right? Like you want a piece of that Patrick Mahomes offense, and Isaiah Pacheco can give you that. Round mm -hmm. seven draft capital, you don't love it, but he was still drafted to the Chiefs, and um, he's, he's a taxi squad guy. 
You get him, you throw yep. him into that taxi squad, and he's the kind of player where he's like, oh, shit, I don't want to, like, you know, do I want to keep him on an active roster? Do I want to put him in my taxi squad? Do I want to waste, quote, waste a taxi squad spot? Guys, gals, running backs. You want to promote your players off the taxi squad because that means that you're going to be good. That means you're going to be relevant. So put, put Isaiah Pacheco on your taxi squad with pride, and you hope that you're going to elevate him to your starting roster. And maybe you can get two or three starting weeks out of them because we're around four of this rookie draft, Brandon. At this point, you just want this is bad or uh, starting yeah. opportunities one or two weeks in the season. So you're right. trying to you get a couple of injury games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So right now I'm looking at a few different players. Okay. So I like Tyler Beatty, um, Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens. Justice Hill is an it. Gus Edwards. The more I've heard, I've heard about it, like he's not. There hasn't been a lot of buzz about Gus Edwards being ready mm-hmm. and healthy. So Tyler Beatty's one of those guys. Um, and then I'm looking at Calvin Austin again, a jitterbug. He's undersized. <laughs> I mean, you and I, I mean, you were like a huge Rondell Moore guy. I, I was on that bandwagon as well. The opportunity or the chance of these smaller guys breaking out, it's just, it's so small. I don't care how good you are. So then I'm looking at Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, going to the Minnesota Vikings and Snoop Connor. So I'm going to lean towards Ty Chandler here. Ty Chandler coming out of uh, North Carolina. Dalvin Cook is there. Alexander Madison is, is there. So Ty Chandler, he's a player that I'm probably going to be putting uh, directly into my taxi squad, just like we talked about. Probably won't be relevant this year. But the thing is, is that we know Minnesota likes to run the ball. In a year from now, there's going to be like – Cousins is going to be there, okay? We know that Justin Jefferson is going to be there, but will Adam Thielen be there? Will Dalvin Cook still be there? Will he be healthy? I mean, he'll be there, but will he be healthy? Alexander Madison's, I believe, a free agent after this season. So you look at opportunity. um, Dalvin Cook is hurt pretty much every single season for at least a few games. So, again, if Tyler Chandler dresses up, he might have an opportunity to play in a game, and he might might show some – he might show some some chops, and he's pretty decent at catching the ball as well. So Ty Chandler, swinging for the fences here. Go ahead, Ben. I am going to go with Tyler Beatty. I think the opportunity is there with with Edwards struggles here. Um, I'm just looking at Tyler Beatty's numbers. I mean, he was he's he's sub 200 pounds, 198 pounds, five foot eight, smaller guy. Um, in 2021, in 12 games, he had 268 rush attempts for 1600 yards and 18 touchdowns. 54 receptions on 76 targets for 330 yards. And that was a target share of 16.7% for RB, um, age 22. Um, and he ran a 445 90th percentile for the running back position. Um, very, very good, good runner in college. Can he translate? The, the thing is, can a sub 200, 200 pound back translate that to, um the nfl um that is what 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 it is his best comp for player profiler profiler is giovanni bernard which is i think right on i think that's i think that's really good comp for him um but in that run heavy offense i'll take it you never know uh jk dobbins you never know with his injury as well um he's a violent uh violent runner and cutter of of when he runs runs so he does run the risk of more injuries possibly because of how violent he does run and change direction mm-hmm. so you never know um but uh tyler Beatty, man he he played in the sec at missouri man he put up big numbers so i'll take him here yeah here's the thing he's not going to be as good as geo bernard because he doesn't have the stash baby like that's the stash yeah. swagger the stash the have you seen Khalil Shakir's stash, man? No, I haven't. That's another stash. Go check that one out. I like that one. As well. All right. I'll definitely do uh, that. Uh, okay. So at this stage of the game, a lot of the good running backs are off the board, but there's one guy that I wouldn't necessarily, like he wasn't on my radar at all, but I'm going to go with Snoop Connor here of Old Miss, which the Jackson. Ah, good guard. pick. And, good pick. And like that depth chart is wide open. Travis yep. Etienne, we're on record of saying he's, he's just another DeAndre Swift in terms of the talent. Uh, word is he could have probably played at the end of the season, maybe right? Like, he might have been Dude, healthy enough, why? Not 100% yeah. healthy, but there was the why. So, of course, they're not going to rush him back. Um, was he worth a first round draft pick talent wise? Probably yes. Um, we know roster construction for the NFL teams, probably not, but he still was okay. Um, obviously, a different coaching staff is going to be there, but you look at the talent, the talent doesn't lie, he's going to be the RB1 on that team, but. 
James or um, James Robinson is probably going to miss most of the season, if not the entire season. He's somebody that you should not be drafting even late in your best ball drafts because you're probably not going to get a lot of usage usage out of him. Stu Connor can come in and replace uh, James Robinson. So at that stage, give me Stu Connor, baby. Okay. Okay. You up? So I'm going to take a guy with probably the best draft cap of anybody right now, and that's mm-hmm. Danny Gray. Um, okay, yep. Danny Gray here, six foot, 197 pounds, um, ran a four three three at the combine. Um, this guy is a freaky fast player. Who knows with the with I think the shift into Trey Lance, I think they're going to go run heavy, play action, um, go deep type type of throws, and I think Danny Gray is going to fit the bill for that. So he could have some explosion games. There's it's well documented with the IU. Uh, with with uh, the coaching staff um, early in the season last year, he wasn't doing what they wanted out of him. But he's still Ayuk is still a damn good player. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he has a third year breakout. But Danny Gray, I mean, if anybody gets hurt, Danny Gray can step up. Um, uh, according to the Niners' eyes, by taking him in the third round, um, oh, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a, you know, I think that's a safe pick here at this pick. Yeah, so Danny Gray, Clip's giving you props here. Wow, he's actually being nice to us. Nice. Thanks, Clip. Danny Gray, an excellent pick. I, he is. He is. I'll be honest. Danny Gray wasn't somebody that was really – At SMU, sorry. sorry. Yeah, he's at SMU. Um, of course, drafted by the San Francisco 49ers at pick 3.41, which was essentially a compensatory third-round pick. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, he's kind of buried on the depth chart. I mean, we know that, that the Niners he are a team that's going to want to run the ball, but – Danny Gray, he's a solid pick there. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, this is the choice that I'm facing right now. Do you want Calvin Austin? Where you're going to go for the talent, speed, jitterbug, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers, or am I going to go Valus Jones, the guy who's probably older than I am? But I know Calvin Austin here. I'm going to follow. I'm just going to follow my rankings. Oh, Calvin good. Austin drafted a pick four point three three by the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Washington was a miss. Okay, but pretty much every other wide receiver that the Pittsburgh Steelers draft is is going to be a hit again Danny or Calvin Austin he's a little bit smaller than you'd like when you're with your with your tight ends um in particular he is as I'm pulling it up here uh Calvin Austin is he's five foot eight 170 pounds okay so he's 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 small he is definitely small but he's quick as hell as you would expect you're in a 4.3240 he has a 6.65 three cone drill he actually did the testing which is fantastic but even though, okay, Brandon, at a 4.32, he's still only a 39th percentile speed score for his size. Oof. That's not good. That's not, not good. good. Okay? But not good. Not good. player. He was at the Senior Bowl. He stood out at the Senior Bowl as one of the best players. Okay? Um, it was basically it was Christian Watson, it was Jalen Tolbert, and it was Calvin Austin were the guys that really jumped off the page. Again, it's just it comes down to his size. If Calvin Austin was two inches, even three inches taller, like 5'9 would be better, but three inches taller – um 511 175 pounds i would be a little bit more comfortable with him like you know like the wandel robinson type body mold but he's not that that's just not who he is but i, I like calvin austin here man like it's it's i've gotten a few chairs of him and every time i do it i'm like sure why not in the fourth round right yeah. all right last pick brandon then we're gonna do some honorable right. mentions I actually li- I lied on uh, Danny Gray. He wasn't the highest available with the draft cap. It's actually this guy, Vel- Velas Jones, mm-hmm. out of Tennessee, yep. six foot, two hundred four pound uh, wide receiver, picked at three hundred seven, um, ran a four three one at the combine, uh, speed score of ninety uh, one sixteen ninety seventh percentile, just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. His change of change of direction is not good. Um, it, it's actually low twentieth twenty something percentile. Uh, he had so out of Tennessee last year, 13 games. He had uh, 62 catches with 83 targets, 807 targets, 807 yards. I excuse me, with a 22% target share, um, catch rate of 75%. Um, he was a special teamer as well. Um, the biggest issue with him is his age. He is 25 years old. <laughs> um, yes. He is old as shit. But the thing yeah. about him is this: is the reason why I'm taking him. I'm actually taking him in quite a few places in this area. Um, the reason I'm taking him is because Justin, uh, 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 the, the quarterback, wanted him 
to want picked him out specifically out of all the tape they got that that gm sent them some tape of wide receivers that he they were looking at late and he and this is what uh justin fields picked this is who the guy he picked so if he picked him and he likes him i'm assuming he's going to try and make him succeed um so that's one another little small thing i like about him is that he was actually uh targeted so yeah so justin Justin, come talk to the Flex Network next time you're looking for a wide receiver because yeah, we'll, we'll help Jones, you. Yeah, Velas Jones went off the board of 307. After him with Jalen Tolbert, give me Tolbert. Oof. After him with David Bell, give me David Bell. Oof. And yes. uh, in the fifth round, Khalil Shakir was there as well. So I would take any of those players over and above um, Velas Jones. Velas. I mean, Velas Jones. The thing about Velas is he is a little older. We don't like that. Uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, we do like to look in two to three year windows though. So you just pray. I mean, there's not, he's probably going to, he's start, a one contract right? player. He's a one contract yeah. player for a three round pick. And that's, that's scary as a GM that he did that. They did that for him, uh, especially because you, they would have, they could have got him way later. I think. Oh yeah. No, for sure. I mean, again, it's these speed guys, Brendan, like they, they, yeah. the NFL overvalues speed and I get it, but like you can get these guys in probably rounds four or five or six. Like they need to learn. They they're starting to learn about the running back position. They're just not quite there yet on the running back or on the wide receivers. The thing is though, don't you think a guy like Jalen Tolbert or David Bell would have been so much better oh. for just for Justin, like Justin Fields, like David Bell, all he does is get open and get first downs. Okay, so yeah. if, 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 if he would have went, if he would have, if he would have oh. been there, I would have knocked Darnell Mooney down quite a bit. If Bell would have yes. ended up there, because Bell would have been the guy. I'm telling you, Bell, yes. Bell has the size, the ability, the route running, and this. Even though he's a little slower, he, he he's he's just Keenan Allen. Like he's really just Keenan yeah. Allen, and I can't stop that comp because that's who he is to me. And I think he would have been great as a bear. I thought that was where he was going to end up. But I was wrong, mm-hmm. and now the Browns have a steal of a wide receiver um, behind Amari Cooper. Yeah, no, they really do. They really do. Uh, okay, so we're just going to do four rounds because at round five, it just yeah, an absolute this is yeah. Let's stop here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the guy that, generally speaking, is actually going a lot in a lot of. I mean, he, he's going in the fifth round in most drafts, but in a lot of drafts, he's also going undrafted. And so I'm just gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences, baby. I'm gonna go with your boy. One, Bo Melton. Out of Rutgers. There you go. Seven away by the Seattle Seahawks. Mr. Irrelevant, Bo Melton. Why do I like Bo Melton? Well, for one thing, he's another wide receiver that likes to get open. Um, we we honestly felt that he should have probably gone around four. Like he was one of those round, like day three guys, but early round day three guys. And he's a little smaller. He's 5'11, 189 pounds, but Again, he's got the speed. He had a 4-3-4, 40-yard dash. He's got the agility. He's 0.98, three-point drill. And he knows how to catch the ball, right? Like, to me, Bo Melton is going to be like a Tyler Lockett type replacement, right? Like, that's the kind of player that he is. And when you look at his best comparables, guess who's number one for his best comparable? Just guess, Brandon. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is his best comparable yeah. player. So Tyler Lockett, yeah. Nelson Aguilar, Curtis Samuel, Kenny Stills, Ted Ginn. So just Dude, close your eyes. You. Think about how those players play. He's dynamic with the ball in his hand. Ain't getting no respect. The problem is Russ ain't in Seattle anymore. So is it going to be – who's it going to be? Is it going to be Drew Locke that's throwing in a damn ball? Um, is it going to be Geno Smith, who apparently is the lead on the on the board right now? I honestly if if, uh, if 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 Jimmy G gets released, I could see him as a Seahawk and Trashman Truther's dreams will come true. Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield would be fantastic there. I would love Baker Mayfield in Seattle. And I think I, Baker I can, would make a lot of sense there yeah. too. Baker is better than a good he's better than 50% of the quarterbacks in this league, right? Like he's a middling average quarterback in the NFL. We forget because Justin Kerbert came in the league and lit the league on fire. But when 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 Baker was a rookie, he set the, the records for the what was passing yards and passing touchdowns yeah. for a rookie at the time. So yeah. give Seattle a quarterback. Just give him an opportunity. Just just give him a chance for life, Pete. Like, come on, do your part, brother. Yeah. But um if they can get a quarterback, Bo probably not gonna be relevant this year, but like to like to talent. And at this point, I, I'm drafting for talent and maybe even situation. Who's third on the depth mm-hmm. chart there? Probably yeah. Bo. Probably Bo. All right, brother. So that's it. Is there anybody that we haven't mentioned that you think is worth mentioning to the people? Any arm? No, there was one guy that caught my eye um, when I was watching Tennessee Titans. Uh, 
local stuff uh, about Burks, and I was watching them run through drills. One dude that caught my eye was uh, Kyle Phillips um, of the Tennessee Titans, uh, five foot three, yeah. hundred eighty-one pounds. He has some sweet feet, man. Um, he has some nice five feet. Foot what, sir? Five foot eleven, um, oh, and he has yeah. some sweet sweet feet. And I just liked how he looked when he was running drills. That's all I I can say from here, and that's somebody I, I possibly look at if Burks fails, and if Robert Woods. Or, or, or if Robert Woods' knee fails, um, he might be thrust into a, a role. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Um, Kevin Harris, South Carolina, another New England Patriot. Yep. He was drafted in round six, so decent draft capital, um, obviously after Pierre Strong two rounds later. but I think he's like better Kevin than Harris. Pierre Strong. I think he's better. I think he's a better pass catcher. I think he. I think. Yeah. I think anybody, if any of the rookie RPs are going to be the guy that does the pass catching work, I think it's Kevin Harris. Um, but that's just like me. Though. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a great prospect. Uh, yeah. We liked him coming out. Um, he was yeah. he was a favorite. Cody Carpentier got us got me at least onto him. Uh, when Carpentier is, is on a player, that's somebody that you want to go and do a little bit more research on. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Kevin Harris again. He's a guy. Just just grab him in your fifth round. Just these are the types of players. Stash him. Pick him up. Stash him. If he goes undrafted, go put a couple of fab dollars on him and stash him away, man, because. Running backs go down like flies. And we know yep. the Patriots, like more than any other team, are a meritocracy. The best player will play for the Patriots. They don't care what your draft capital is. We see it all the time. And so just, yeah, go swing for the fences with Kevin Harris. Now, the one thing is, looking back through four rounds, we did we drafted three tight ends. So another tight end that's probably worth at least considering, um, Kate Otten, um, your, your boy clipboard Jesus. Kate Otten, the, the reason that he didn't get a lot of buzz was because he was injured throughout the entire process. So he didn't have an opportunity mm-hmm. to test. But he went 4.0, 4.01 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which as of right now, they don't really have a tight end. Like Gronk is not signed on the team, right? So there's an opportunity for Kate Otten in year one to potentially contribute, Okay. Um, other players we didn't really talk about. Jeremy Ruckert went to the New York Jets in round three. So at that point, I, I like that. Dude. I, I like yeah. Ruckert. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I mean, he Ruck- was just buried in that Ohio State offense. Yes. Yeah. He was. He's a little bit smaller. He's, he's only 245 pounds, which for a tight end is small. You want 250 typically, but move tight he end. He can gain weight. He's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, excuse me. I'm looking at uh, Kate Otten. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert's 250 pounds. So I take it back. Yeah. He's big. pounds. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Um, and, and I mean, that's after that, man, it's like if you've got a player that you like that we didn't talk about today, just draft him in round five. That's when you yeah. do it. You have permission from the Flex Network to just go draft your guy. So with that, Brandon, we're on an hour. Uh, I think we did a fantastic job. We held down the fort without Mike here. And uh, any yeah. parting words for the people? No, just draft seasons here. Have fun. And, um, you know, if if – if you're really high on somebody and we're not, then do what you want, man. But I just, you know, I, I will say this. Just don't overreach. Values dropping in drafts like crazy because of just wild reaches. Because I honestly believe this draft class is so kind of undefined on the rankings for everybody that there's a lot of different outcomes that are happening in drafts that I've seen. Um, so, yes. like, it's just... You know, you just never know who's going to be there for you in the late second or early third. I'm telling you. No, you're right. I mean, look, like we took Tyrion Davis Price at the late round two. He's not in most drafts. No, he's going like the three, four, three, five in most drafts. So he's a player that I'm trading up for a lot. Um, One, you know, you look at our round three, we hammered running backs. That's where you're going to want to start hammering running backs. Um, Take your shots. Take your shots on your guys starting around three. So yeah. uh, with that, Brandon, how do you get people talk to you? How on you Twitter, my handle is Brandon D. Adam 19. Just give us a follow. Give Flex Network a follow. Sometimes I'll tweet out some stuff from Flex and on that handle as well. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, just, you know, this is the dog days. So we're going to we're gonna bring as much content as we can with maybe some uh, – buy or sell targets here in the off season that we can, now that we know where these rookies have gone, we can start talking about trade strategy for rebuilding teams and winning teams. So we can start uh, talking about that more as well. So. Absolutely. So of course, Brandon, thank you so much. We can of course follow us on, on Twitter at the flex network one, but we're not just on Twitter, Brandon, 
You can go check out all of our videos on YouTube. You can go to TikTok, take a, TikTok. check out our content there, or on Instagram, or on Facebook. Come hit us up, say hello, tell us if you like our videos, tell us if you hate our videos, tell us if you like Brandon's shirt, tell us if you hate Brandon's shirt. <laughs> we love all the feedback. So yeah. thank you for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe to the video that you're watching or listening to. We, we really appreciate it and it helps us a ton. So Clipboard Jesus, thank you for the engagement. We really do appreciate it. Uh, but with that, for Brandon, for Mike, I'm Flex Shane and we are the Flex Network. This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. Yeah. Flex on the G.